When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome to Out of the Blue from the Block and Podcast Network, part of the Fan First Sports Network, podcast that does not suffer fools or weak chance. I am Jared Stormer of the Block and Podcast Network. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate. Andy Bailey voted the most likely to succeed at his rehab clinic. How the hell are you, sir? <laughs> Still succeeding, my friend. Doing well. Uh, things are leading into. I mean, leading into the season, fall camps on the horizon. Like it does. It almost feels. It feels surreal that football is less than two weeks away now for Michigan fans. Absolutely. I mean, week zero next week. So if you want to ch- tune in to watch UTSA or whoever else is kicking off, I think we got like a Notre Dame game in there. So, I mean, we have college football next week. There's preseason on right now. It doesn't feel like it's in the air currently for me because I'm in a hurricane in Southern California and I just left uh, hurricane conditions in Florida. But for those of you up in God's country, it's got to start feeling like football's in the air. How is it you go from one natural disaster to the next? And this isn't the first time you've done this either. No, it's definitely not. And I think this is just uh, the way of things. I think that I am a a walking disaster in my own right. But (laughs) nonetheless, they haven't been able to take me out yet. It's going to take more than a hurricane. Maybe a volcano erupts in the middle of San Diego, Tommy Lee Jones style, and I have to deal with it. So as long as Tommy Lee Jones is there, you're safe. Exactly. Uh, We've got some good stuff to cover this week. Not as busy of a week as I would have thought with how close we are to the season, but we've got some good fall camp rumors. Wanted to touch on the Bruce Feldman's freak list. This is something that we always look for year in and year out. Um, And he's had quite a good track record, I would say, with the guys that he picked out on this list going on to have at least some NFL success or success at the collegiate level but generally the guys that he names here will make some type of name for themselves yeah I always I love this list one I just I respect Bruce Feldman and his opinion Um, he's very close with the Michigan program and Harbaugh so you trust what he's putting out there especially as it pertains to Wolverines that's very accurate yeah, absolutely. He goes deep now. I'm pretty sure when he first started out, it was like 10 names. I mean, he listed like 90 something names or something, or I think it was 90 names or 100 names, maybe. Uh, Penn State led the way of Big Ten teams with six total to- selections. Michigan had four selections. Ohio State had three. Uh, the top Michigan guy was Chris Jenkins in the top 10. Uh, no surprises there. That's kind of what we predicted. But then some surprises with uh, with some of these other names. Who stood out to you among Michigan guys that he had on us 
Uh, so the other three players were quarterback Alex Orgy, corner Amarian Walker, and wide receiver Roman Wilson. Uh, the latter surprised me. I expected to see Corum on this list, but having Roman Wilson here is just very intriguing. Like, we know he's fast, we know he's capable of, but, I mean, this just kind of adds, like, more coals to the fire, like, of the hype train that is burning for Roman Wilson entering this season. Yeah, I think my biggest surprise was the omission of Blake Corum. I would have thought that he would have found his way onto this list. We know just about some of the workout uh, acumen that he has. It's becoming borderline legendary, extremely strong, um, particularly his lower body. Alex Orgy doesn't really surprise us too much. Uh, we'll, we'll get into him in a little bit with some of the fall camp news that we've talked about. Amarion Walker, though, also pretty surprising. Um, what they wrote about him or what Feldman wrote, 6'3 and a quarter, 180 pounds, as we've mentioned, you know, still a little light, but the athleticism, uh, the three cone drill at 6.10 would be the fastest time in combine history. Uh, the combine record is 6.42 set 12 years ago. So my guess would be that whoever was on the stopwatch maybe got a little bit, a little bit handsy, but nonetheless, I mean, they're, they're thinking of Marion Walker is an insane athlete and that kind of, it, it backs up what we were hearing about him being ahead earlier on and maybe that's part of the reason is this guy's just an elite athletic prospect. You think you could go sub eight in the three cone drill? I do not. Not at this point in my life. Probably not ever. Not with these knees. <laughs> not with these knees. And you low to the ground, though. You can move back and forth. I've seen you in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. What was that when I uh, when I forgot our tickets trying to, to get into the Michigan game? <laughs> Sprinting back and forth like a maniac? It was like like in uh, Lord of the Rings. And it's like on like the third day, look to the east. It was like that. Like I was looking for you running over the hills. <laughs> <laughs> cresting the hill doing about 35 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. when i need to but uh you know I, i'd say that i'm built for distance not for short short sprints there we go that's fair yeah uh to your point though man the, the 610 it feels a little generous on the clock there but nonetheless it's blazing fast you just hope he can put it all together we did get word this week also that walker's been kind of day-to-day with an injury right now which is the last thing you want when you're in the midst of a uh, positional battle so hopefully he has a speedy recovery. But uh, honestly, besides this one, there's like been knock on wood, relatively like injury free camp for, like on all fronts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely knock on wood. But I mean, testament to to Ben Herbert. This is kind of becoming the norm now, right? That we just mm-hmm. expect this team. And you know, there were there were training camps in the past where it was not like this and it was you know usually before five six guys um so there has to be some correlation there between the preparation that they're doing i mean we've heard harbaugh speak about ben herbert and that strength and conditioning staff so my guess would be that you know there's a correlation between the the effort that they're putting in in the offseason the way they're taking care of their bodies what they're putting into their bodies and the health that we have going into this season so that's a great point so, yeah, man, but I mean, besides the freak list, like, was anybody else on that list surprised you, like Marvin Harrison Jr., or were you just surprised the fact that Nicholas Harbor, a true freshman, was number one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get why he's like the freak because, you know, we were pretty high on him uh, or high. we were high on his recruiting list, you know, almost came to Michigan there and we were looking into him and it is like a freak. I think he's like six, seven or something like that. Uh, I thought maybe more of a defensive end. They are going to play him at wide receiver tight end. So, I mean, that is a that is a big, big human being. And as he fills into that body, I could see him like I, I see why he's at number one, maybe just a little early for me when you've got guys like Chris Jenkins and 
stuff this year. Um, but I, I see why he was there. But yeah, it, it certainly raised some eyebrows when I saw that. Yeah, that one surprised me. Penn State leading the way and uh, with the six total picks. And Ohio State only having three was kind of surprising with the amount of five-star talent they have on that roster. I was surprised they weren't a little more represented on Feldman's list. But, I mean, like we talked about at the top, he knows what he's doing when he's constructing these things. So it's not like any kind of agenda or bias he's putting into it. Yeah, I don't look at this and be like, nah, Feldman, you got it wrong. Like, I assume this guy knows what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Once you get a real job, Feldman. Uh, yeah, he's he's on top of it, man. So, uh, yeah, that was very interesting. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, Jaden Davis balled out in his first game looking pretty good. Um, also, uh, with that connection to Channing Goodwin looking like, I mean, I like that we're bringing both those guys in from the same program with that chemistry. Doesn't always translate, um, as we'll kind of talk about here in a second. But Jaden Davis with 450 yards passing and five touchdowns in the win. I mean, very exciting prospect, man. I mean, it's very difficult to gauge, particularly high school quarterback tape, um, because, you know, what is the competition? You have absolutely no idea how good the guys across from them are. But those are certainly impressive numbers. That's the thing. It's like 450 yards and five touchdowns is always a good thing, whether it's against middle school competition or like the highest end, like Matter Days, like any team like that, like South Carroll Lake. Like these are good numbers. Like if he was out there throwing for like, 230 you know two touchdowns and a pick in this competition like in these games i would be a little more worried but just seeing the big numbers man is very encouraging no matter what the competition is yeah certainly looks athletic out there i like the touch that he has and you know it'll be exciting to watch him this year you know i'm probably won't be tuning in week in and week out on my friday nights but maybe watch some highlights after michigan on sunday as i'm you know taking in my my nfl content so yeah excited to see what Jaden davis does this season um any other fall camp uh any other before fall camp stuff that you want to touch on here the ohio state quarterback situation maybe Ooh, we're getting that yeah, yeah figured out one. here soon that's yeah it's supposed to be announced tomorrow i believe uh, i was reading on an ohio state site that like this monday before week zero is when it's traditionally announced that the ohio the new ohio state starting quarterback that's when justin fields was announced when cj straub was announced so Everyone's expecting it coming tomorrow. And the word on the street is it's Devin Brown, actually. He's like usurped Kyle McCord. Like, I think everyone was kind of like already penciling in McCord to start this year, former high school teammate of Marvin Harrison Jr. But it looks like Brown has edged him out in camp so far. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest storylines in college football entering the season now. It is very interesting. And I mean, from what we know, this means nothing at this point because we don't know how good or you know ill-prepared either of those guys are. But it is worth noting that McCord was high school teammates with Marvin Harrison Jr. I didn't even know that until you told me that. So they obviously expected that to be that, you know, that connection to carry over. And for that's probably why they thought Kyle McCord was going to win this job. So the fact that it is Devin Brown. Very interesting to me that, you know, even with that leg up that McCord had, he couldn't win this job. He might still end up winning it, or maybe Devin Brown gets it early on and McCord takes it later on. But it is very intriguing. I mean, I don't know much about Devin Brown, but I know that Kyle McCord was thought to have the higher ceiling. Yeah, I mean, this is it's very strange. I mean, both are like high-end prospects, and they've been in Ryan Day's system for a few years now, but it's kind of a kind of an upset. Like, it's not like a massive, like shocking one. Not like if JJ lost the starting job or anything like that, but it's something to keep an eye on that. McCord just couldn't put it together with this team. We'd heard rumors and like that camp was kind of going rough for the offense, breaking in three new offensive linemen and the new quarterback. 
But we're going to find out here in a few weeks anyway. Like all of this now is just speculative. It's all just coming out of camp. And we've been proven wrong so many times when we hear just like fodder like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we've seen it at Michigan too, where you thought it was going to be Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton. And Luigi Valane time, baby. <laughs> Yes, let's go. Like it, it happens every year where there's a guy you expect, you know, to take that leap. The guy that's been anointed for a couple seasons and it just doesn't end up happening for whatever reason. So maybe that's the Kyle McCord situation. But look, I don't really care about what happens to them down the road. We just got to handle our business and, you know, they're going to do what they do. We're going to do what we do. And uh, we'll sort this thing out in November. Yeah, we'll figure it out November 25th. None of it matters right now. Exactly. Uh, updates from fall camp. Let's start at the top. The one that's by far the most interesting. We may hear a sentence this season, something along the lines of orgy back on the five. Uh, Alex orgy might be returning kicks this year by far uh, the, the highlight of the week. I would have to say as far as headlines. I mean, this certainly got Twitter up in a, in a tizzy. It's very interesting. That's for sure. Do you think that there's any credence to this or is this just kind of something fun they're trying out? It seems more like fun, like kind of tongue-in-cheek. Like, you know, Harbaugh will do things like this. I wouldn't put it past him. I saw Ben Mason play defensive tackle in a Big Ten game, and, like, I'm still recovering. So, like, they could do something like this. I do not expect him to be the primary kick returner this season. Just something you want to try out right now. Maybe just took a few reps. They thought it was fun. But uh, if, if it ends up happening, man, it's going to be exciting. It's like watching, like, a F-150 return kicks now because I believe he's, like, 6'2", <laughs> 245. That's a large human. Has there ever been a kick returner of that size? I mean, that's just not usually. I mean, maybe as the up man, Alex Orgy as the up man. All right. Talk me into that. But usually you want somebody like the best that I've ever seen is Devin Hester. Devin Hester was like 5'10 tops, yeah. maybe 5'9, you know, like so it's not really the body type that you want. But just to be able to say like Orgy on the five, Orgy on the 10, like just that's going to be great. Like or there's an Orgy there. Like there's going to be a there's going to be a ton of little uh uh, you know, little jokes that we can throw from it, but I don't expect this to actually be the guy. I mean, it's probably going to be a, a Samaj Morgan or somebody like that, or maybe Frederick Moore, another name that's starting to come up in camp. Uh, come up in camp. We saw the post the other day from like the main social media account that said like, get ready for this connection this season. We're like, wait, hold on now. Fred Moore. Like we'd heard about the freshman trio of Moore, Carmelo English and excuse me, Samaj Morgan, but like, we just never, I don't know what was, is this bad name theory? Is this us like recognizing like our own like oversight of just like, oh, his name's Fred Moore. How good can he be? But like apparently he is that good. I mean, we should because at this point there's been a Rod Moore, there's been a Derek Moore. I mean, we should just be on the guys with kind of lesser names at this point. I mean, the, the bad name theory has been disproven time and time again maybe the only wide receiver we didn't talk about when we were going through our freshman potential breakout candidates. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like you said, they tweeted that from the main and it looked like a great connection. He looks athletic. Um, and if, yeah, if they're saying that this is something to look out for, I don't know that he, he surpasses Tyler Morris or your guy Peyton O'Leary yeah. for the number three, but maybe by next year, this is, this is the new guy. Maybe this is the new Ronnie Bell. So very exciting. I mean, I'll take whoever it is. I don't care what your name is. Just go out and produce. Yeah. So his, uh, oh, wow. It has his, um, I'm on his 24 seven account right now. He, I actually ran a faster 400 than him when we were both sophomores. Check that out. Go me. Wow. 
Um, <laughs> his uh, the breakdown is he's like an elite route runner, like very good lateral quickness, like really good hands at catching the ball, but just like elite at running routes and creating space. Like does like doesn't have like the best speed, but I mean, how many times have we seen like receivers that run slow? like just excel in the NFL. Look at like Cooper cup who ran, I believe like a four, six, one or a four five or Keenan Allen, somebody like that. Who's an excellent route runner. And that gets them on the field. That could be like, uh, obviously a smaller case, but at Michigan this year with Frederick Moore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the way you describe that sounds a lot like Ronnie bell, you know, Ronnie, Bell, yep. pretty quick, good hands, great route runner though, you know, and yeah. we would certainly take, I mean, you'd take three Ronnie bells as your wideouts. Absolutely. So if this guy can produce like Ronnie bell, eventually no one's asking him to do that this year as a freshman, we've got some other guys that we think can really step in and, and have a strong season, but this is great, man. Building the depth. It sounds like they like Samaj Morgan as well. Haven't heard as much about Carmelo English, but you do hear them just talking about this trio of receivers. They feel pretty good about the guys that they brought in in this class. Yeah, I mean, they this again, like if these guys hit the way they're being talked about right now, it again just goes back to trusting who these who the staff is bringing in, regardless of stars. Like they're evaluating talent the right way, and that's all you can ask from a coaching staff. A hundred percent. The other thing that we're hearing from fall camp, and I mean, with this, the season just right around the corner at this point, uh, I might have to back off my Ladarius Henderson, Miles Hinton love. I think Carson Barnhart, Pawpaw's own, tougher than a $2 stake. It sounds like Carson Barnhart is leading in the tackle battle right now. And I mean, this late into the end of the game, I would have to expect that that sticks. I think it's going to be Barnhart. Yeah, Harbaugh announced officially there's going to be competitions at edge, at tackle, at running back three, and at corner going into the first couple games of the season. Like, that's official now. It's going to be a thing. But from all indications, man, he's saying Barnhart is dominating in practice. Like, he is ahead of everybody. Said that last week. And I guess sometimes you get caught up with the shiny new things. You just kind of overlook Mm -hmm. the players we've had for three or four years. It's like, oh, man, look at Ladarius Henderson's length. Look what he can do. But Barnhart was also a pivotal member of the Joe Moore award winning offensive line last year, at right tackle. And I'm not going to count somebody like that out. And apparently he's shining now that he's back in his true position at left tackle. Yeah. And I mean, maybe we overthought this, like the guy that's been there that knows the system that knows Sharon Moore, that knows Mm -hmm. the guys next to him on the offensive line. Um, You know, just because Ladarius Henderson was a projected second round draft pick last year, like, there's no reason for us to have thought that Carson Barnhart was just going to let that job go to Ladarius Henderson. So I love it, man. I love that. He's, he's just fighting them off and, and like continuing to, to grow and progress. And Barnhart was awesome last year. So I feel good. Like we said, we don't really care who wins this one. We're going to be in great shape, no matter who wins it. But I like it when it's the guys that have been on the team for a while. Uh, transfers are great, but there's something to be said about the guys that stick around. Oh, yeah. You just haven't been great in the culture for so many years. You get to understand them at so many different levels. Like, there's nothing replacing that familiarity. That's the big reason we're rooting so hard for Braden McGregor this season, just to finally do it. And, no, man, Carson Barnhart's awesome kid, one of the most valuable offensive linemen on the team because of his versatility. If he wins the left tackle job, he damn well earned it. Yep, I'm with you, man. Uh, anything else from fall camp you wanted to touch on? I think that's all of it, all the news, man. It's kind of a – I don't want to say a slow news week, but it was like nothing, nothing too crazy. 
yeah, a little bit quieter than we were expecting, but that's all right. We know what's around the corner, and uh, yeah, we've we've got, won't have many slow pods for you after this one. Um, I like the uh, the idea that you had here before we go to break. Here, this is a pretty fun one. Here, uh, this is based on uh, Oppenheimer and the uh, the quote that he had in there. You know, there's a non-zero chance that we flip the switch and destroy the world. I wanted to do three non-zero predictions, the craziest predictions that we could think of that exist on this plane of reality, but just barely. This, yeah, this is a fun concept just to throw some wild ones out there and see if they stick. We're each going to do three. Like, we're not even saying there's a 1% chance. There's just a non-zero chance. Like, this theoretically could happen. Like, Davis Warren could win the Heisman. But like it's very, very <laughs> unlikely. But we're gonna try that one actually might be zero, but we're gonna try to do ones That's... that are actually non-zero. It just takes takes some like throw some darts at the board here. I was like, is that your first one? My God. <laughs> Coming in hot. That is hot, sir. Um I, I all right. It. I'll I'll oh go. Yeah, go ahead. If you got one, go for it, sir. Oh, I got one. Um cornerback number two has more interceptions than Will Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, we saw that. That was the Stribling Lewis theory. This is the Stribling theory. Yes. Yep, 100%. I could see that. So that would be Josh Wallace, we assume. We assume. I mean, still the battle with McBurrows and whatever's going to be decided on that side. But uh, whoever quarterback two is. I like that. I like that a lot. And I mean, look, Will Johnson is going to be a deterrent. You know, yes. we're, you know, since we're on the nuclear theme, he is the nuclear deterrent. You know, you, you throw it that way and it's just bad news all around for your team. So I would have to imagine that means more balls do get thrown at at Josh Wallace. But, you know, there's some dogs back there in the in the secondary in the safety room as well. That can certainly make you pay. So I like this. That's a really good one. Um, all right. I'm going to go with one. This one, uh, a non-zero chance. But it would certainly be very surprising. You don't usually see this happen. Colston Loveland leads the team in receiving yards. Touchdowns, Ooh. I think we've, yeah, we've talked about touchdowns, and that very well may happen. Uh, but re- receiving yards, very rare. Uh, in order for this to happen, he would need to get up around, let's say, 800 yards. If he gets up to 800 and then they just kind of spread it out to a bunch of other guys and they're all around 650, 700 for Roman or something like that. Uh, and it's just spread very evenly. This is possible. It's a non-zero chance that Colston Loveland leads in receiving yards. Oh, I like this one a lot. I mean, uh, they the Big Ten Network came through Ann Arbor last week and did the uh, awesome breakdown as they do every year at all the schools. And Jake Butt was extremely high on Colson Loveland and what he was doing, saying it wouldn't like he could be the best wide receiver or best tight end in the country. Like that's not far off from where he's at right now. Uh, called him magnet hands. Said he catches everything <laughs> in his vicinity. This is so, I mean, expectations are sky high. This is definitely a non-zero chance. Um, okay. There's so many here. Like I wanted to go through. And it's like, how crazy do I want to get? You know I'm saying? <laughs> Josiah Stewart leads the team in sacks. And, 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 oh, there's more. Oh, there's more. It's non-zero. And breaks Hutch's record. There, I said it. Non-zero. I like it. I mean, hey, the whole point here is to come in hot. That is certainly coming in hot. So nuclear uh, hot, as some would say. Yeah, that is that is nuclear hot. So what's he need? Fourteen? Yeah, fourteen and a half, technically. Fourteen and a half. Sure, no problem. That's that's easy work for old Josiah Stewart. Dial it up. But I think I think he is just from like 
like my read. He's the best pure pass rusher on the team. He has excellent bend, which you just can't teach. He plays with leverage really well. It's just uh, it's just a matter of snaps. Like how much can he be on the field as he can hold up against the run? Like is that going to limit his like rotation? So we're going to see. If he can hold up like at least mildly okay against the run, he will eat on third down regardless though, and it's going to be impressive to watch. I like that one. I think you're going to like this one, too. This is swinging for the fences here. There is a non-zero chance that Michigan's best offensive lineman doesn't get a little bit of Heisman buzz or maybe even ends up top five in the Heisman voting. Last time we saw it was Orlando Pace. But if you go back to back to back, Joe Moore award winner, and you have Blake, this would also assume that Blake Corum's probably in that mix, too, in order to get there. But say it's Zinter. Is it is a non-zero chance that that Zach Zinter is mentioned as fifth in the Heisman voting? God, I love this so much. <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever heard. Like, just wait, wait to get. I think Bryant McKinney was another lineman that was a finalist at one point four. Like he got fifth. Um, you'll see it occasionally with defensive linemen. Like to be an offensive lineman, doing it, you need to have like that preseason buzz like Zinter and this group do like you, you have the back-to-back Joe Moore awards. You have all the prestige, you have all the hype and expectations. So if the offensive line is dominant again, I, this is definitely non-zero. I love it. Okay. That's, that's so good. I can't top that. We should honestly just stop the podcast. Um, (laughs) Oh man, this, this one I, I really struggled with. Like I wanted to do a pass rushing. I wanted to do a receiver one. But it's, it's kind of it's already turning with like the Frederick Moore hype. Like the the tides are kind of turning with that one. Um, okay, I, I, my my Heisman one I had in the back pocket. I'm not going to do it now. Was Michigan has two finalists in New York? Mm, I like the, that. The 2020 Alabama team had three in the top five, and I was like just thinking if Michigan could just get two, like JJ and a running back, do it. Yeah. Um, Okay, last non-zero one for me is Cole Cabana outrushes Benjamin Hall as a freshman. Ooh, there we go. A little mild spice, but I'm buying into the 200 pounds. I like the speed. I like the vision. Just I'm just just gonna I'm just gonna push them in. Like everyone's been on the Benjamin Hall train, and it's it's not like it's not the maybe it's our inner hipster, but you and I also like tend to when people get two on one side, we're like, all right. Be a little contrarian here. Let's look on the other side here. What about this guy? And we'll point him out. It's like, I mean, you and I are over here like, you know, maybe Jordan was getting Ron Harper's minutes. Maybe we need more Harper minutes. That's <laughs> what we need. So some of our takes have, you know, have, uh, aged better than others. But uh, I really like what I saw from Cabana coming out of high school. I think people just kind of forgot about him because he was injured during the spring. And I think he could have an impact this season. This one, it's a, it's a non-zero chance. But I will, I do think he could have a big impact as a kick returner of the season. I love it. That's like a take hunter thing there. Like yeah. the, the Michigan, the Michigan passing game finally erupts with Mason Graham at tight end. <laughs> that's that's yeah. That, oh, <laughs> now, now, Oh, that would have been a good one. Another, like a good non-zero one is an offensive lineman catches a touchdown pass this year. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. Uh, my last one though, cause I have one more here. Uh, my last one is that, Mason Graham gets out snapped by one of Rayshon Benny or Kenneth Grant. Oh, and that's your boy too. That is my boy. That is my boy. Look, I mean, saying non-zero here, I'm riding for Mason yeah. Graham, but those the, guys are coming. And, and Kenny Benny Grant, buzz. like the Benny buzz too, man. 
That is – the Benny buzz is palpable this season. I mean, every time – I think Jesse Minter, when he was on the Big Ten Network, was talking about, like, I can't wait to watch what he does this season. Like I said, he is just, like, taking a leap right now, like how much he's coming on. And if you watch, like, tape last year, like, you see it. Like, it's getting put together. And if he's taking that step, man, it's like – it is iron sharp as iron in the defensive tackle room this season. Yeah, those both lines. I would love to just be a fly on the wall watching offensive line and defensive line competitions right now. Like that has got to be intense because, I mean, you can't take a rep off when you got guys coming for your job like that, which is just great for the whole room. I mean, no doubt about that. Just car crashes, the inside run drills, especially those big backs. Like I I can only imagine what it's like. I mean. I've referenced it numerous times now, but the Big Ten Network guy said it was the most physical practice they'd been to, and it was their 10th stop. They said it was one of the longest practices. Like, they are just, like, going full tilt. And I think it's – I think they're <laughs> – God, I'm so excited for football. Just the, to be I there for that. one inside run drill is like a dream of mine. Oh, my God. The way that those Big Ten guys were talking about what they saw at that practice, they were just, like, blown away. They're like, yeah, this is the best. This is a team that's going to be insanely good. The depth is insane. The physicality is insane. I mean, I, I kind of don't like how much people are talking us up. I mean, all the uh, – what was the the predictions were starting to come out today. And I think every prediction that I've seen from every college football analyst has Michigan in the playoff. I don't think I've seen one without us in the playoffs. And I'm just not used to that. I don't know if I'm comfortable living in this space. Every single person is at least picking Michigan to win a uh, playoff game, at least reach the national championship game, if not win at all. Everywhere you see, I hate it. Like, I need some, I need RJ Young to just drop like a slanderous top 25 and have Michigan like eighth for no reason. <laughs> Maybe we need to start just shit talking our own team to try and even this thing out. Just like, yeah, they're going to be pretty good. I think seven wins is very, very achievable for this team. Reverse jinx it. I like this. Yeah. Let's start reverse jinxing it here. Um, anything else you want to touch on, sir, before we go to the break? Any uh, Wolverines in the NFL that you're able to catch? Oh, yes. Uh, the San Francisco Wolverines. Uh, Jake Moody hit a game winner, finally like getting back into form, working out some of those early struggles. And Ronnie Bell, over 100 yards. I mean, just balling out right now in the preseason. Just looking like everything we saw at Michigan, just bringing that like attitude, determination, and grit that got him onto the field as a freshman despite being a low three-star. Yeah, I may have to take an L uh, because when Ronnie went to San Fran, I was like, I, I don't love that. I mean, he's going in the seventh, so I didn't know how committed they would be to seeing him get touches. But, you know, he's earning them in this preseason. I mean, like I said last week, there's still some guys in front of him. He's not overtaking Debo Samuel, but it looks like he's going to be a dude. Like, he's probably going to have, I mean, what do you think, over or under 200 yards this year? Something like that? Maybe 300? I, I think he's I think two hundred is a good number to be. I think he's firmly in that like wide receiver like four range. Like I think he's like could compete there. Like he's not gonna beat Ayuk, not gonna beat Debo, but he blocks. And that's what Kyle Shanahan asked of his receivers. And he's gonna bring that to the table every play. And that's gonna honestly help him get on the field and get these touches. I mean, like Roman Wilson said at Michigan, man, like no block, no rock. <laughs> gotta love it the simplicity of that um yeah jake moody as you mentioned hit a uh, a little bit shaky of a game winner but look a, a main field goal is a main field goal so good to see him get back on track uh, yeah my uh, my boss is kind of counting on jake moody being a hit and uh perhaps my job status here, i was gonna so say you might, you, you might get fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, they, so long as, uh, you know, I get some type of decent severance, getting fired now and having the whole football season off, I can think of worse things. 
spoken like a true optimist. <laughs> uh, Winovich had a sack for the Texans. The Texans are going to be really bad this year, man. I feel so bad for Nico and Chase. I'm glad they're together. You know, it's good to have a friend, but the Texans are going to be just, just awful. And uh, yeah, they traded away their first round pick next year. So, so good looking out, Houston Texans. Yeah. It's going to be rough, man. I, I love the Will Anderson pick. Like, we're going to find out about Stroud, but uh, they have a, a long road to climb. But at least I, I like D'Amico Ryan, so we'll see what he can bring as a head coach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do like D'Amico Ryan's as well. I mean, the Lovey Smith hire was one of the more perplexing hires. I mean, I think that was like the – yeah, they, him and Cliff Kingsbury coaching at the same time was kind of a low point for NFL head coaches. Neither of those guys are any good. It is a weird time. It's kind of like Matt Patricia. Yeah, right? I remember that we don't we don't discuss that man on this no. podcast or ever. Um, all right, man, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we did this last year, but we didn't come up with this idea until midseason. Um, so we were able to kind of perfect it. We took last year's stats, added them up. Uh, we're going to do the stats skins draft for Michigan football. So we've changed up a little bit. We'll break that down when we get back. And then we also have another movie draft 2017, moving a decade at a time through time. We got that and more right after this. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. All right, we are back and we are righteous men. And in the back half of this, it's draft in time, baby. You know how we feel about drafts. Ever since the Vietnam draft, I've liked every single draft that has occurred. That is how I work. I like a good draft beer. I'm currently sitting in a drafty room. Let's get let's let's draft up some Michigan players. We're going to do the stats skins draft. We did this last year. Uh, do you want to run through who we took last year? Uh, yeah, I, the skins draft. We we the idea came to us in the middle of the year from a, a different podcast, and we thought we could really apply it to Michigan because of how fun it is. And it's just for anybody that doesn't understand like what a skins draft is. You're basically just drafting statistics. Like you're drafting a JJ McCarthy passing touchdowns. And then I, mm -hmm. someone could also draft like JJ McCarthy rushing touchdowns and you're just drafting the stats. And there's a point system that we're going to run through. But last year, our draft picks were I took Blake Corm touchdowns. You took Blake Corm rushing yards. I took Donovan Edward rushing yards. That one worked out well for me in the back end. Um, yeah. You took uh, JJ McCarthy touchdowns. I took Ronnie Bell receiving. That worked out well. Donovan Edwards touchdowns, also good. Uh, took Mike yep. Sayers still. Uh, you know, still mm -hmm. waiting on a couple. Uh, yep. <laughs> you took JJ passing yards, which was good. I had RJ Moten. That, that did age did well. Uh, you <laughs> took Mike Morris, sack leader. Uh, I took yep. Roman Wilson yards. You took Mozzie Smith. I took Ronnie Bell touchdowns. You took Jalen Harrell 
took God Moore. You took Scooney touchdowns. I took Roman Wilson touchdowns. You took Turner. Uh, I took CJ touchdowns. You took CJ receiving yards. Uh, this year, to make it a little more palatable, we're narrowing it down to only six draft picks apiece and doing three offensive and three defensive. Yep, I think that that's a better format. So to run you through the way the stats are going to work, so we've got uh, things that are worth one point are going to be a rushing touchdown. Uh, 50 yards rushing will count as one point. So conversely, if you get to 100, that's two points, 150, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 50 yards receiving, same deal there. Uh, that'll be a point. Tackles for loss are worth a point. Fumble recoveries are worth a point. And pass breakups are worth a point. Uh, going on to the two-point category, obviously, if you get over 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving, uh, math. Uh, 200 yards passing will get you two points. Uh, same thing there. Uh, sacks, we have moved up to two points. A reception, a receiving touchdown has been moved up to two points. And a forced fumble has been moved up to two points points and then the biggest point totals you can get an interception is four points a pick six is six points a scoop and score is six points uh is there anything that we're missing here that we need to add um we probably don't want to add special teams because there's just going to be the one guy kicking so i think this is a this pretty much covers it no i think we explained it pretty well i mean best we can over this medium uh three pick or six picks a piece three offensive three defensive it's gonna be very high end this year so we're not getting down to the the nitty gritties and just kind of really going through like okay well i think i'll take rj moten now so i guess it's gonna be a lot better <laughs> can't believe rj moten got drafted he got drafted at like the fifth pick or something too god, by you what god you're not I even was, an rj moten guy were you I'm not, i was i was huffing pain or something that day i have no excuse <laughs> <laughs> all right um so i don't remember who had it last year so you want to just flip a coin for first flip a coin let's do it hey siri flip a coin uh you want heads or tails heads it's heads yes yes you are up sir I, i'm gonna go i'm i'm going a little different this year little little off the book if you will, just getting okay. nasty with it. I mean, this is coming from a guy that drafted RJ Moten last year. That really didn't pan out for me. Uh, <laughs> Kalel Mullings. Here we go. Yeah. Give me JJ McCarthy passing yards. And I don't think that's that wild. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I feel like uh, last year we were just fighting over the running back to this year. We're expecting a big uptick in the passing production while the running like, share could be split even more. So it's like, it feels like the favor has definitely swung for an individual player in McCarthy's favor for the offense. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, well, I certainly can't let you get the double dip there, so I have to go JJ touchdowns. If you get both, I mean, it's pretty much over right there. I mean, we have to imagine that JJ is probably going to be the leading touchdown getter. Um, these are passing uh, touchdowns, by the way, something we didn't clarify last year. You don't get just all of his touchdowns. Yes, yeah, just the passing. Yeah, I, I, I like the differentiation. 100%. Uh, yep, I figured those would be the first two off the board. It makes sense. I mean, he's going to account for the bulk of the offense. Um, and now that we kind of see how these scores tend to work out, that's kind of how it had to go. But now things will get a, a little bit more interesting. Okay. there's. I mean, there's several different ways to go on this one, um, especially like balancing it out. Because they got to balance a little offense and defense this year. Yep. Um, I should just, Josiah Stewart sacks. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's riding with it. He, he's right there for me. Um, all right, I'm, I'm, don't ever think this one. Give me Blake Corum. And I'm going to take, oh man, 18 touchdowns Tough. last year. Yeah. 
Let me look at. So if he gets uh same amount of rushing yards, that'd be 12 points. Yeah, and then four, if he gets, tw- yeah. yeah, if he gets 20 touchdowns, that's 20 points. So, I mean, touchdowns, touchdowns, probably rushing touchdowns for quorum. Yeah. I think that's the more valuable one. Um, all right. So do I think, Hmm. Now for this one, can we do, um, rushing touchdowns is it rushing and receiving touchdowns combined no separate okay okay i was gonna say <laughs> that that would be the good one for donovan yeah no doubt about it all right um i mean i don't want to be boring and take blake quorum yards here but that's probably an easy 12 points um let's see if there's any way to game the system here yeah i mean the best way to do it here is to take the the sure things right off the bat which is uh, maybe not the most exciting for podcast material, but look, this is just the world we live in. I'll take Blake rushing yards. Okay. I mean, uh, having the first pick, I kind of just set the tone where you have to go. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Rush yards. Okay. Uh, coming back to me then, I'm going to go. Let me see. I'm looking at the TFL. You. Uh, I'm, I'm going Rod Moore. I like it. I got I gotta so, go my boy God more here because I mean I love led the it. team at interceptions last year. He's a big threat to make TFLs, recover fumbles all over the field. Like I feel like this is one of the just home run defensive picks what one of us was gonna make. Yep, hundred percent. And what's good about drafting on defense is you just draft the player and you get yep. any stats that he gets. So I mean, if he happens to have a big sack year, you know, that's gonna help you as well. But I think you're really playing for the uh the interceptions. And if you get a pick six, that's a huge, huge boost right yep. there. So I like that a lot. Uh, go ahead and give me, uh, man, give me Will Johnson. Nice. Nice. Yeah, my boy. First of his name. I feel like, uh, haven't talked about him as much as I'd like to. I mean, I'd like to just dedicate a whole podcast to first of his name, William Johnson, but I'd like to have him on my team. That's for damn sure. No, that's a great pick. I mean, we it's it's honestly like you take him for granted at certain points, like kind of how we do Quorum. You texted me the other night, and you're just like, Quorum's the best player on this team, like by a mile. I'm like, oh yeah, like it's not even a comparison, like how good Quorum yeah. is at running back compared to how everybody else is. Even like Jenkins or Godmore, like Blake Quorum is just that good. Yep, it is. Yeah, and I mean that might seem crazy. I think the closest is probably like Zinter, honestly. It's yeah, I think I think the definitive five on this team, just off the top of my head, not in order, would be like Corum, Zenter, Jenkins, Rod Moore, Will Johnson, just off the top. Yeah, the guys that are the best at their job. I would have yep. to agree with that. And, but then it's like it's like how do you like put Donovan or the JJ hype or Junior Colson? It's like it gets very right. tricky very fast. Right. And like what are the holes in Colston Loveland's game? Exactly. Yeah. Especially how everyone's protecting him and take that huge sophomore leap. Um Okay, coming back to me, uh, I need another offensive and two defensive. Let me see here. I'm going to take who led the team in TFLs last season. Mozzie? No, it wasn't Mozzie. Probably Mike yeah. Morris. It could have been more. It might have been a was it a linebacker? I got it right here. Tackles for loss. It was Morris. Yeah, Morris then Jalen Harrell. Then oh. That is interesting. Yeah. Give me the returning team leader in past deflections and the guy that was th- is he in tackles for loss. Fourth on the team in TFLs. 
third on the team in TFLs, Mikey Sainer still. Ooh, I like that. And you can get it. Oh, that's a really good one. That's yeah, a really he, good one. Last year, he had seven pass deflections. He had uh, a pick. He had six and a half TFLs and two sacks. That's strong. That's really strong. Good pick. Um, okay, I'll take Jalen Harrell then. Oh, nice. I mean, I uh, I predict the Braden McGregor breakout. You're calling the Derek Moore breakout, but let's take the known commodity here. I feel like we're 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 doing really good at staying on our brand as well in this, like not even intentionally. Yeah, not as crazy as I'd like to be. I think we maybe took some more uh, chances last year, but yeah, like R.J. Moten <laughs> swing and a miss, swing and a miss. Uh, okay, let's keep it in the family. Derek Moore. Ooh, there's your swing. And I'm just, I'm I going like down it. with my guys. You know, it's like at the end of a fantasy draft, you just want players you like and want to root for. Yep, I'm with that. Okay, let's go ahead and give me. Yep, give me Roman Wilson receiving yards. Okay, nice. I was wondering when that was going to happen. Yep, I mean, I'm call, hoping for the breakout here, but if JJ is going to break records, someone's got to go close to a thousand yards receiving, and why not Roman? Yep. That's good, man. Um, okay, give. Uh, I really want to just go weird, like, and just take a swing, like Kaleo Mullings touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> be a good but time. It would be a good time. I am gonna go with uh, Donovan Edwards rushing yards. I was gonna say if Dono doesn't get drafted for something, yeah, it was coming. Up. Like w- one of them was. I was deciding between like rushing yards or rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, does Roman Wilson have more receiving yards than Donovan Edwards? I mean, my my brain is telling me no, but my heart's telling me I hope so. <laughs> It'd be. I mean, yeah, if you could get like Donovan Edwards total yards, he might have been the first pick in the draft. Right. Um, okay. Now, what do we want to do here with this last one? Rod Moore, Sainer still. That's pretty strong. I like what you did there. Colson, as much as I think he's going to have a great year, we're not really counting tackles. Unless you want to add, uh, like, every time you get more than five tackles in a game, you get a point. That would be kind of the only way to really do that. We could do that. I'm fine with that. Okay. Five plus tackles is a point. So any 10 yep. tackle games, two points. Yep. If that's the case. Let me take my boy, Junior Colson. Yep. Yep. That's a good pick, man. I, it, it, I think it really kind of – it's good on the defense too. Like it kind of, it's a good snapshot of these players that are going to really pop up in the box score. Like we still leave Chris Jenkins on the board, but I mean, besides that for like this exercise, I think we did a good job. Yeah, I think so too. Um, All right, let's run through who we got. First pick, you took JJ McCarthy passing yards. I followed it up with passing touchdowns. You went Blake Corum touchdowns. I went Blake rushing yards. So pretty, pretty much chalk right out of the gate. Uh, then you took Rod Moore. really like that pick. Will Johnson, I followed up with. Then you took Mike Sainer still, which I think is a really, really good pick. Maybe my favorite one of your picks. I followed that up with Jalen Harrell. Uh, you followed that up with Derek Moore. I went Roman Wilson receiving yards. And then to finish it out, Donovan Edwards rushing yards for you. And I went with Junior Colson as my third defender. Feels good. I mean, you got the tackle leader from last year. I got uh, number three and four. Barrett was second. Uh, we all expect him to kind of come down a little bit this season with the arrival of Houseman. Um, it's going to be good. I feel like we got this, the format down a lot better this year than when we did it last year, kind of on the fly. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Now that we have this done preseason, we can give little updates throughout the season. Yes. So week one, um, and it'll be pretty easy to keep up with, uh, rather than having to go back at the end of the season and tally it all up. I was like not even enjoying the exercise, but if you're doing it week by week, should be pretty fun, man. I like this one. Um, I mean, you could go ten deep on this draft. I mean, like Colston Loveland, not drafted here. CJ, not drafted here. Some other guys that we expect. I mean, Macari Page. I was kind of eyeing him there. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a deep team, but I mean, we've got kind of the biggest names here, the guys that you expect to put up the biggest numbers in the box score. Yeah. When you had too many players, just the stat tracking, it's very tedious and it kind of loses the fun of, of it all. And we're just trying to do this for a fun exercise to just keep track between us and no, man, it's going to be so exciting. Like just, under, just realize like we're doing the skins draft now because next week we're doing the ECU game preview. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I had to adjust my britches. <laughs> There's some britches adjusted. It wouldn't be a pod without it. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, that's pretty much all we got this week. Like we said, this is probably the last quiet week. Things get real next week. So we're going to do another movie draft for you while we got some time here. We've been getting some good feedback. Um, shout out to uh, everyone that's gotten feedback to us. Uh, Reed and Kellen. Um, you know, you guys are the best. Thank you for that. Uh, all our listeners. We really have some of the best listeners while we're on that. Let's get some let's get some beers with our listeners. I'm I'm a big fan of that idea. I no longer can make the bowling green game, which really sucks. Uh that's a long story I don't want to get into. But when I can make it, maybe Purdue and Ohio State now is when I'm leaning. Would love to to meet up with uh whoever and you know and, and have some libations and and talk the majesty of Michigan football. Oh, absolutely, man. We uh, hung out with uh, Jim last year, Jim and his dad, and that was just a fantastic great time. Hang. Just great hang, very gracious host. Let us just chill with them at their tailgate. Uh, awesome time, man. We always love meeting up with people that listen to the pod and just, you know, shooting shit about Michigan. That's why we started this podcast. 100%, man. Um, all right. We are into the 2017 movie draft, moving up through decades. So I assume this means next week we'll go back and we'll go back to 1988 then? Are we going to keep doing it during do the season? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, maybe one more next week, depending on how much more we do. But, yeah, during the season, I would imagine we probably probably not too often. Maybe a bye week thing. But, yeah, yeah things, yeah, uh, things are going to get a little juicy starting next week. Well, yeah, we, uh, hopefully, we're supposed to be getting the hardball pod this week. So, you know, that's like Christmas for me. Yeah, <laughs> you have like nine Christmases. I mean, I've never seen someone get so excited about updated heights and weights. Live a good life here. Very happy life. <laughs> <laughs> he's a clean boy all right 2017 uh, we knew each other in 2017 we began this pod in 2017 we did yeah first time we uh met i remember doing the test run we had like the camera half on like can i see you yeah cool <laughs> see, see see you on friday i i shudder to go back and listen to those like no. og pods before the florida game in jerry world that season like what we were talking about like if first pod was like 28 minutes we're like yeah, that's going to do it. <laughs> we're done here. <laughs> I think we covered all that. Yeah, I mean, we were basically potting. We each had a cup, and there was a string hooked to it, and that's how <laughs> we were doing it. It was like not really on top of our game. So, yeah, I do not go back that far to listen to pods. I barely can stand to listen to the new pods, and we've certainly come a long way. Uh, but, yeah, 2017 was a, a pretty solid movie year. I remember this year well. Uh, not the best year as far as Michigan football. Um, an interesting year. We've certainly talked about the, the 2017 year on the field quite a bit but as a movie year i think kind of underrated don't you think 
Very, very, I mean, underrated movie or awesome movie. Year. And when it comes to Michigan football, all I think about from this season is I'm going to sum it up in a quote. Make them feel you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was so into that, too. When Don Brown said that, I was like, this is my guy. I would die for him. I've adopted him as my paternal grandfather. And uh, his mustache is the second coming of Jesus. Uh, not the case, but a great soundbite. <laughs> I use that soundbite like in all things in life. Like even when it's not applicable, like at work, I'll be on like a Zoom conference call and I'm just over in the corner. It's like, make them feel you marketing team. And they're just like staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. They're just like, who is this guy? It's like, who let him in here? You're just over there adjusting your britches. I'm I'm a glue guy at work, you know, I'm like eighth or ninth on the bench. (laughs) big glue guy at work yeah absolutely i'm deep on the bench right now at work i mean deep on the bench they're barely inviting me to training camp <laughs> like uh what's it oh i can't think of the guy's name on the the celtic peyton pritchard kind of like peyton pritchard for the celtics <laughs> that's what i'm that's what I am at work. i'm the adrian nunez of work yeah i am the peyton o'leary of my marketing team did you know this is completely off topic? Um, Adrian Nunez is like a TikTok star now. Somebody uh, sent yeah. me a random TikTok, not knowing that is Adrian Nunez. They're like, this made me think of you. And I was like, why? Because it's Adrian Nunez. And they're like, who's that? And I'm like, that's former Michigan Wolverine. And like, oh, he's just a TikTok guy. I was like, no shit. Yeah, dude. Like uh, during his senior year, I believe he was like uh, the most like profitable, like NIL, like wise, like when it was like graded out. Like, I don't know if it was fully in like initiated or what yet with the team but like they said yeah his tiktok presence was over a million by like his sophomore year of college so i mean i guess we're all good at something <laughs> certainly wasn't good at setting screens coming off it wasn't that great at basketball <laughs> better than you or i but that's I mean, true not, that's not true big Ten caliber yeah, yeah. But definitely big 10 caliber tiktok presence good for nunez <laughs> this guy oh, is man. like the uh zach Eady of tiktok <laughs> I'm just going to start using completely obscure references like that, that no one's going to get. I think you and I always do when we're together. We we use the deepest Michigan references. It's just like, this guy's like the Amir Herring of presidents. (laughs) (laughs) He's kind of like the Luigi Villain of the IT team, if you know what I mean. No, we don't. (laughs) Why did we hire you? You bring us Hurricanes and Jake Moody. (laughs) Y'all are welcome. Oh, man. (laughs) All right, draft some movies, sir. Yes, let's draft some movies. We're doing uh, 2017. Yeah, let's get circle it back now. Get back on the wagon here. Uh, circle it back there. Good, good movie year. Yeah, the first year you and I met, started doing the pod together. And uh, yeah, it brings back some memories. It's, it feels like it was yesterday, but it also feels like it was 10 years ago simultaneously. I know, right? Isn't that the way the passage of time works? Um, Okay, I am up first this week. uh, The categories for this week, we have Box Office, Academy Award, Action Comedy, Drama Horror, Wild Card, and then it was your turn to come up with another category, and you went with Animated. Good year for that, so I like your choice there. Um, I'm going to open up the drafting with one of the best Christopher Nolan films, if not the most impressive technically. Uh, Have to take Dunkirk and Academy Awards here. That one's probably not making it back around to me. 
you and I have movies at the top of most of these years that we know we're going to kind of fight over, and those tend to go first. So I'm going to take Dunkirk here, a brilliant movie technically, uh, not as rewatchable as some other Nolans because it is really just about the event and there's zero character development. That's not what it's about. Not even a lot of dialogue. Uh, but I mean, I think the best dogfighting scenes in cinema history, I, I won't say I think, they are the best dogfighting scenes in cinema history. It's beautiful to behold. We saw should, this one twice in theaters. For our younger listeners, when you say dogfighting, you don't mean like Michael Vick. You mean like planes. Yes. For those that, yeah. <laughs> Great dogfighting in this one. <laughs> it's like, I don't remember that. I need to go back. Was, did, did Tom Hardy have an arsenal of, of pit bulls that I didn't forget? No, this was dogfighting in the air. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, yeah, a uh, great dog fight. This movie is incredible. Uh, just technically, Quentin Tarantino said it was one of the best shots in cin- in war movie history. In this movie, it is just incredible. Like visually, like this is this is one of the de- true definitions of like a movie. Like the story is there, but like you have to see this like in an IMAX theater to fully get the, the experience. Like this couldn't be a book and have the same impact. I'm with you, man. All right, you're up, sir. Okay, uh, a lot of ways here. I wanted. I want. I, I I want to just be so bold and do something here. I want to do it. Um, oh, you know what? You know what? I'm going to do it. Like I get too tired going by the book. Like this is this is my R.J. Moten of my movie draft picks. You ready for this? Let's go. <laughs> in in action comedy, taking Patriots Day. Let's go. <laughs> this is one that we both ride for, bro love Patriots Day. This movie's incredible. Like, it's just flat out incredible. Like, everybody, the, the cast is massive. John Goodman might be, like, my favorite in this movie. Smash City, Rick! Like, everything in this movie is amazing. <laughs> like, all of the casting choices, the story, the way it unfolds, the score by Trent Reznor is amazing. I love this movie. Yeah, why does this movie work? It's a, a recent event, the story of the Boston Marathon bombings, a completely like depressing and horrific event, um, but it's done delicately. Like they really spent time on the victims and it is taut and tense and filled with incredible performances. Kevin Bacon, John Goodman, two of my favorites. Uh, I'm not the biggest Wahlberg guy, but when he's playing a Boston dude, yeah. he's right at home. Um, you and I have only watched two movies together in our history as friends. One is Master and Commander. Commander, which we've watched many times the other patriots day we literally hang out and just watch the same movies it's awesome um yeah. this like i mean just think about like this movie like even like watching it now like i mean some people get a little like fatigued with like the super pro police stuff but like at the end of this like you and i are like standing up out of our seats clapping like for all the cops like that's how we do the job here that's awesome like it's just it's done so well and this movie could have gone wrong it goes wrong nine times out of ten and this is the tenth time Exactly. And I mean, it's so well cast to J.K. Simmons just coming in for spot duty at the <sighs> end. Mop up duty there at the end. Um, Alex is Alex Wolf as one of the uh, Alex terrorists. Wolf. As, I mean, that yep. could have been a caricature performance, but he like humanizes it without being sympathetic. It's amazing. 
it's incredible. And yeah, that really launched him. He's uh, been in Hereditary later on and uh, recently in Oppenheimer. So yep. yeah, this was a jumping off point for him. Patriot's Day is absolutely incredible. Holds up. Uh, shouldn't be rewatchable, but is. We have a lot of these that were like, why are you rewatching the Boston Marathon movie and the movie about the Catholic abuse scandal? And we're just like, look, don't worry about it. <laughs> these, these are my movies. These are the classics. Like where I'm not firing up. I'm not watching Hook again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to me. I'm going to go to box office here. Decent box office here, actually. Yeah. A couple decent ones here. Whereas uh, some of the ones that we, I think, 07 box office, I was like, no, thanks. Uh, this one's <laughs> solid. Uh, I'm going to take one back when I used to really like Marvel. And I still like these movies that came out then when Marvel was cooking. It's uh, falling off a cliff. I don't enjoy it as much anymore. And I get it. We all get a little older and comic book movies don't work as much. But also they just don't put the care into them that they did. And uh, Thor Ragnarok by Taika Watiti is one of my favorites. Um, it was funny. It reminded me kind of like Flash Gordon and that it was just off the wall and not taking itself too seriously, having a good time. Uh, it was the most colorful at the time like it was very bright and psychedelic and jeff goldblum just kind of having a good time with it um it's it's a great rewatchable movie um i think that uh what's his name the lead chris hemsworth is just having way too much fun in this one so i'll take thor ragnarok in box office god this yeah this movie is still good still really good like he just signed on to direct uh thor 5 i mean do with that what you will but this movie's amazing i mean i'll never forget watching the trailer to this and then they had the Ed Zeppelin playing over the immigrant song. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, this movie's gonna be incredible. Like this really mm-hmm. like kind of changed the tone of where like all the MCU was going with like the comedy, the humor of it. Now it's way overplayed. But in this, like it was such a refresher, like it's like, okay, like they're giving interesting like like filmmakers with something to say budget and just kind of free reign to make their own standalone. They all don't have to be like paint by numbers, but little did we know this was just gonna set the new standard for the paint by numbers. Yep, absolutely. And coming off one of the worst movies in the Marvel collection, uh, Thor Dark World, the movie uh, this was, <laughs> movie is terrible. And this one just really needed to reset, made uh, $315 million. So that's that's my pick. That's that's a good one. You couldn't go wrong with that, man. Uh, coming back to me. Uh, oh, man, there is a, another one here on the list. I just saw it forgotten about. Uh, I'm going to go with what was going to be my number one pick. Uh, it probably still should have been. I'm going to take it an Oscar. Uh, it was my favorite movie of this year. It was Get Out. Yes, I figured you'd go for that one. Great movie. Love, love Get Out. Stay, like, I love pretty much everything Jordan Peele does because at least he's always taking a swing. Like Ambition is never lacking with a Jordan Peele movie and what he's trying to accomplish. Uh, movie is just like, you could just write dissertations about like the subtext, what's going on, what's in this movie. Uh, excellent Bradley Whitford, excellent Daniel Kaluuya. I mean, just goes deeper and deeper. And it's awesome to see, like, I know you're a big proponent of this as well. Love seeing weird sci-fi movies kind of get rewarded at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And this launched the Jordan Peele um, movement. And I mean, now he's one of those directors, the few ones that we have a true auteur that gets the chance to do interesting things. Daniel Kaluuya quickly rising on my list of favorite actors, and he's incredible in this. Uh, I have no notes. That's a great pick. Um, all right. Where do I want to go here? I think I'm going to get I'm going to get a little weird here. I'm going to go in drama horror and I'm going to go with a movie that not super rewatchable once again shouldn't be super rewatchable but it's so excellent excellently done uh the performances from two marvel um castaways that you know 
they, they needed to break free from Marvel and have something, you know, that showed their range. And this did it. It's Wind River. Uh, this is a Taylor Sheridan Ooh. film starring Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner. Um, Jeremy Renner basically just plays a, a hunter um, and he lives on a Native American reservation where several murders occur. And uh, he and Elizabeth Olsen have to track down a murderer. It's it's just really, really taut. It's beautiful to look at. Taylor Sheridan has full command, especially with stories that take place in the West. Uh, highly recommend this. It's on the slower side. It's a slow burn, but I mean, it's tense. It's really good. This movie's incredible. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, I mean, he's one of the you know, most successful people working in film or television now. I mean, Yellowstone is like the most watched show ever. Like, I mean, when it comes to like any kind of like Western adjacent type of show, he's always going to deliver. Also wrote the screenplay for Sicario, uh, wrote and he wrote uh, Hell or High Water, which might be my favorite of his. I love Hell or High Water, that movie. but he really just doesn't miss when it comes to a lot of these screenplays. And this is no exception. Okay, coming back to me, I am going to go. I'm trying to like, like think about movies that were like firmly in the zeitgeist at this time that were like very mm -hmm. just talked about. I mean, there's several options here. Like Logan was massive, uh, yeah. Wonder Woman, Beauty and the Beast, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, excellent Kurt mm -hmm. Russell performance, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, excellent Michael Keaton performance. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am going to go with a director that it kind of just seems like this was all he had. And it was just like, it was one movie. And ever since then, every movie he's done since has fallen flat. Uh, I'm going with uh, Andy Muschietti's It. Nice. Drama whore. Drama whore for It. Uh, I love the first uh, first one. Part one is amazing. Part two should have been good, but he just, just doesn't have it. And then he just most recently did The Flash. That movie sucks. And it just seems like this was kind of just like, it happens to directors sometimes. Like you just, you got one in you. Like this felt like a, the first album, he had the excellent source material. The cast is perfect. All everything in this movie is is excellent. It's very frightening. Uh, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise is chilling. It's so much clearly better than it too. And I wanted it too to be incredible with that cast. You know, you bring in Bill Hader and Jessica Chastain, but the kids, man, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe it needed to be kids to really make you feel the fear. Uh, and when you bring in adults, it takes some of it away, but it's, a, it's an incredible movie. It still holds up. Um, this is a great choice. It's one of the best horror movies of the last 20 years. Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good one. I was hoping to maybe see if I could sneak that one in on the turn, but that's a good draft pick. Um, all right, back to me. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I don't think I know I need to take this one in the, it was in the zeitgeist. I still watch it. It's maybe you could make an argument, a strong argument that this is the best star Wars property ever. Yes. Um, I'm not going to make that argument. Do it. Uh, I still it. think it's empire strikes back, but I'm going to take uh rogue one, a star Wars story. This movie absolutely slaps. Um, yeah. I didn't I didn't really know that Star Wars could be like this. And now we've seen Andor, which is kind of a direct continuation of this. It's the same character uh, played by Diego Luna in Rogue One. Uh, that's kind of the prequel in Andor, which was another Taylor Sheridan, which was excellent. Um, but this just has a different feel from anything Star Wars. It felt way more serious and kind of felt more like a World War II drama uh, in space. And it like it, it's it's basically um, Force 10 from Navarone in space. I love this movie. No notes. It Great also movie. also has like the best one scene in any Star Wars movie or property ever. 
the uh, which one are you referring to? The the Vader, Vader finale. Vader at yeah. the, the Vader finale at the end. Like like that is yeah. like the siren that's going off the way it is shot, and then the saber lights up first, and then you see him, and then you see like the most powerful Sith at like the full height of his powers and like what he does, <laughs> the way it's choreographed. It like, gives me chills thinking about it. Like it is. I never forget like and to close the show with that tying right yeah. into the beginning of a new hope is just chef's oh, kiss masterful it, it is perfect and that's one of the ones where you had to see it in theater because the theater like went nuts when that happened it was a great moment it is oh man there's there's so many good movies left on this i want to talk uh talk about a little bit um Movies I love, like I love Kong Skull Island. It's one of the yeah. rare movies where the leads are not very good, but the supporting cast is unbelievable. Like it's yes. some of the best Samuel L. Jackson and Goodman, like you're gonna get. Like they are just oh my god, just magnetic in that performance. Um, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. I love that movie had no business being as good and as fun as it was. I have a lot of issues though with the original Jumanji, where it's just like it's kind of dark tonally. It gets boring at times. Like it's just very like like the pace is really weird and it's a lot darker than I remember. This one's just like, it's a lot of fun. It's got a good cast. Jack Black is hysterical in uh, the Jumanji movie, but I think in this one, I'm going to go to box office and I'm going to go to a movie. I haven't rewatched that much. And I think it's just cause like, I haven't seen it available that often, or I just always, I just kind of forget about it at times, but the opening scene is one of the best of the year. It's got some of the best car chases in any movie you're ever going to see. And it's got perhaps a top three mm. Jamie Foxx performance, and that's Baby nice. Driver. Nice. I like that. And you're taking that in Wild Box Card? office. Box office. Oh, that was a box office hit. I didn't even know 107. That. Oh, well, we should move it up to 150 this far because of inflation, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny you baby driver. I was like, don't you tell me this now. <laughs> you know, bring in inflation into this. That's, yeah, I'm not that's here for that. <laughs> uh, Baby Driver, man. This uh, the this one kind of sucks because this was right when the Kevin Spacey stuff came out, and it really kind of yep. put a a, yep. a damper on this. Um, but an otherwise excellent movie, and I like didn't rewatch it because the Kevin Spacey stuff was going on. And then when I went back and revisited, it, yeah, Jamie Fox real standout in this one, and excellent car chases. Oh, car chases are incredible. Excellent John Hamm. Um, a great Edgar Wright movie. In the opening scene with the everything when you hit the music drops, excellent soundtrack. Uh, it's a movie, again, it's like you, you think it's gonna be a little like more simplistic than it is, and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot this is an Edgar Wright movie, so there's a lot more going on. Yeah, absolutely. Edgar Wright, another one. We don't talk about him as much as we we should, but he's great. True. Um, this one I maybe did the categories incorrectly. Um, for this one, I don't know if this is a more of a drama or an action, um, but I'm going to take Blade Runner 2049 in my action. Um, if you don't feel that that's correct, I'll just swap that in Rogue One um, Star Wars. Um, yeah, but, I mean, you could swap them. But yeah, that's I mean, it's it's got some action, definitely more of a drama. But I mean, I'm not going to discount Blade Runner 2049 from this discussion. Yeah, exactly. That's one I wanted to get in. Um, it's very much a slow burn, but if you like the original Blade Runner, that's what you're going for. This isn't an action-packed movie. Beautiful to look at. Has some of my favorite shots the last 10 years. Um, is this um, is this our boy cinematographer? Is this Deacons? This is Deacons. Oh, yeah. I think this oh, is yeah. Deacons. Yeah, this is like Deacons at peak of his powers, too. Yeah, it almost has to be Deacons. Um, beautiful. Just beautiful to look at. Gosling, once again, I mean, we give him a lot of praise on this. He can do anything. Uh, Harrison Ford 
great Harrison Ford in this one. Um, Jared Leto just being a creep, which Jared Leto does. I don't even think he knew he was in a movie in this one. He just, kind of showed, <laughs> he just showed up on set and started doing weird shit. Uh, but yeah, this movie's this great. I don't revisit it a ton because it's a, it's a slow burn, a little depressing. Uh, Dave Bautista in this is awesome, too. Batista is so good. This movie, like the reception of this kind of pissed me off because people were just kind of like, yeah, of course it's good. And like, just didn't really like talk about it as much as they should. And I, I, and I'll never forget that feeling. Like I saw it and I was like, well, this is a masterpiece, but like Dome was discussing mm -hmm. it. Like, and it was just a very weird reception. It's one of those where I think like the worst person, you know, saw it and loved it. So you're like, well, I'm not talking about this movie again. And I think that just <laughs> happened to too many people, but th this movie's amazing. Like it is so good. So well shot to be a sequel to one of the best science fiction movies of all time and to have the exact same feel all these years later is not something that's easily done. Yep. A hundred percent. It's so difficult to do this. I mean, look at every other remake or sequel that comes out long, long after the original, very rarely do they get it right. I mean, dumb and dumber too. That sucked. You know, <laughs> like there's so many that it's just like, you can't recapture that magic. So for him to do it, I mean, obviously you're in great hands with villain away, but that movie is, it's just really an achievement. You weren't a dumb and dumb -er -er guy. I was not. No, I uh, I couldn't even stomach that one. I at least tried to watch Zoolander 2 and Dumb and Dumber 2, but neither one did anything for me. Uh, <clears throat> okay, back to me. I think I'm I think I'm going to do it. Dude. I'm going to dip into the superhero world for this pick. I'm going to surprise some people here. I think it is a top oh, top 3 Batman performance. I'm going with Lego Batman in animated. Oh, it Let's go. I, you know, I love Lego Batman. I think it's one of the best Batman movies in general. I think Will Arnett is awesome as Batman. I think the whole cast is incredible. Like Zach Galifianakis as the Joker, Michael Sarah as Robin. This movie is sharply written. Uh, it doesn't, it knows exactly what it is. It's always in on the joke. It's got a great story behind it. It makes fun at like the Bane voice from Dark Knight Rises. It's just, it's really. It reminded me of like um, – it's one of those movies where like a kid at like age five is going to love it for different reasons than like me at 31 is. Like there's jokes and stuff in there. It's kind of like like the Shrek movies or like the first two at yeah. least when it's got a lot of humor for everybody in there and just a, a delight to watch. I love Lego Batman. It's definitely written for kids and adults. I mean some of the jokes like, oh, my friends call me dick. Kids this can, can be cruel. cruel. <laughs> it's so good, man. Yeah, I think we ranked this when we did our Batman rankings. Didn't we put this like above Hi. many of the other ones? Yeah, it was like four or something for us. It's great. It has no flaws. The ultimate I'm in on the joke movie. Like, it's so good. Uh, I, I wasn't going to steal that one from you when you put animated category on there, even though it is probably the best animated movie of the year. Um, I'll take the second best animated movie of the year, and I will take Coco in animated. Um, I'm not even going to lie. Got a little teary eyed in this one. Coco is beautifully written. The music's awesome. I listened to the soundtrack uh, when I was down in Panama. This was the soundtrack that I listened to in Spanish as one of my Spanish lessons. Um, it's just uh, vibrant and bright um it's a great family movie but it's got like kind of like lego batman there's some of those adult jokes in there yeah coco give it to me it, this had to be the pick like i really wish like moana just missed the cut because it was a tw like late 2016 release so coco's the only other pick here i mean it could have shocked me and gone with the boss baby i didn't know if you're a closet <laughs> boss baby stan but uh no coco is it's I mean, it's Pixar doing what Pixar does best. And it's all these emotions and tying them in that you can relate to timeless lessons, great music. Uh, 
Yeah, and it's going to rip your heart out. It sure does. Okay, last pick to me in wild card. Uh, I'm going with one of the best action movies of the last 10 years, and no, not Transformers The Last Night. I am going <laughs> with uh, John Wick 2. I think I haven't there seen four yet, but John Wick 2 was the best of the first three. Uh, the shootout scene in Italy in this movie is unbelievable. Like the way it's shot and choreographed and just like it takes John Wick 1 and what made it good and then it adds a big budget and then it turns the volume up to 11. And that's what John Wick 2 is. Yeah, this at least needed to be discussed if it didn't get drafted. Um, I think 2 and 4 are the best of the Wick uh, series and 2 is like really when, like you said, they just dialed it up and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, this is what we're doing? I mean, John Wick 1, I mean, you got to give it props for being the original and kind of rewriting what the way that action was headed, but John Wick 2 is just like pumped full of steroids and adrenaline. Like, it's so good and Keanu Reeves, I mean, he was like in his 50s at this point or at least late 40s at this point and to still be on top of the action world man i just i ride for it this needed to be drafted i think we touched on everything that needed kong skull island didn't get drafted you and i stand for that but what are you going to remove you know baby driver's a better movie than kong skull island exactly there's a few on here like uh i really like uh the big sick uh the camille nanjani comedy yeah. um could have gone with geostorm <laughs> the one where Gerard Butler was like mostly sober for and just kind of, you know, walk through it. Um, was hold on, let me see, was this this year or did uh, oh wow, you know what else was this year? Logan Lucky. Yeah, Logan Lucky, Lucky. was the that was like wait, did not do a lot as no. far as uh, box office. Same with passengers, but Logan Lucky's way better than passengers. Uh yeah, Logan Lucky's the only other one I would say needs to be mentioned. I kind of like Valerian in a city of a thousand planets. That's one of my guilty pleasures. It's a bizarre movie, giant box office flop, but I don't know. I like weird sci-fi stuff, so I like that. Darkest uh, hour. The, of, the darkest hour is excellent. If we did acting performance as one of our special categories, that would have gotten drafted for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. that is the chameleon. Unreal. Yeah, the chameleon, Gary Oldman in that one. Um, I think my takeaway from this draft is like, what a movie year. Like, yeah, I, dude, it's there's it's, no misses here. It's a heavy hitting movie year. Like, just to like recap, like my selections here in box office, that's a baby driver, uh, Academy Award, that's a get out action comedy or actually say action or comedy. I took Patriots day <laughs> in drama or horror. I took it chapter one in wild card. I took John wick two and an animated I took Lego Batman. Strong, strong, very draft. much me. Like that's a me draft. Like I feel like that that's is, like my yep. core, you know? Yeah. And I feel like this is very much a me draft in box yes. office. I got Thor Ragnarok Academy Awards. I got Dunkirk action or comedy. I got Blade Runner 2049 drama or horror. I took Wind River. My wild card Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And my animated is Coco. Like, I think this is probably the best draft that like we've both had simultaneously. This is like, yes. Great. Each of them personifies us and like in this was a, a fun year because like unlike the Michigan drafts where we're like super competitive, like with these and there were so many good choices. Like when I was going through my list, I just crossed off Ragnarok and Wind River. I was like, those are like that's like Jared IP property. Like I just can't go on that. <laughs> like he he has a house there already. I can't move in, you know? Yep, 100%. And we share Patriots Day, but because I took Dunkirk and Nolan, um, and like one of your, you know, preferred Nolans, I was like, that let the lad have Patriots Day. Let the boy watch. <laughs> let the boy watch. I, yeah, and I had to take it. Like, it's just so good. Like, you and I are like, I mean, very firmly in the Church of Patriots Day. Like, we want everybody to watch this movie. Like, the scene 
where the the Asian kid who's kidnapped like escapes is one of the it's just oh my god just stressful heart pounding just oh what a what a mood I'm watching tonight I'm gonna fire that one up I was just gonna say like (laughs) you you want to call this a night so we can fire up Patriots Day I know Michigan Rutgers rewatch is gonna have to wait (laughs) (laughs) got a little uh, Patriots Day Lego Batman in my future got a hell of an evening next time we talk sir or at least talk on the podcast. It's ECU week. It's game week. Come on. Let's effing go. Cannot wait. I mean, I don't even care that it's ECU and we're going to roll them by 45. This is game week. We've been waiting for it, man. This is what we wait. And God, it feels like the season is just way too short. It, it always feels that way because of the anticipation and how much we're waiting for it. But we don't have to wait much longer. Next time we talk, we're actually breaking down real football. I seriously can't wait. We'll we'll be able to talk week zero games too. Like this is this is it, baby. Let's go. Year he, number year number six. Is it 17, 18, 19, 21? Year number seven, sir. Year number seven. Yeah, you're right. Year number we don't even get probably six. We really don't count 2020. We're just like glad we still had a pod then. Right. I can't I can we should go back and listen to those pods. It's like, well, Jared, I've removed all the knives from my house. So that's where I'm at this <laughs> week. How are you? <laughs> Like, well, I just took a lot of Kalatapin and chased it with some boxed wine. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, feel, but, I feel like that I time mean, I wouldn't have put it past us. We just did like like a binge, like live watch along of like, hey, Arnold or some shit. Just it's like, well, what else are we going to do? I want to talk football. Our team sucks. We just lost 49 <laughs> to 11 at home. We did have one good podcast. Um, oh, no, that wasn't even that year. I, no, it was no. the 2020 year. Uh, the what could have been 2017 season that was the only good thing that came out of that where we like broke down the 2017 uh defense in particular and went like a deep dive on it other than that yeah it was mostly just us being depressed i think we cried for like 30 minutes straight (laughs) on one podcast (laughs) i feel like at one of them we're just like you know what we could break down next week's game or we could revisit the 2017 team we're gonna talk about them Yeah, right. yeah, not the, even like the not second, even the 18 team the, the second worst team of the hardball era that's how that's how low we were in 2020 yeah man absolutely can't wait for real football something tells me it's gonna be better in 2017 or 2020 uh ecu preview next week sir looking forward to it that's going to do it for out of the blue make sure that you like share subscribe wherever you get your podcasts whether that's spotify apple music or wherever please leave us a five-star review if you haven't i'm jared that's andy this is out of the blue we'd like to remind you that wherever you go go blue